You're listening to Discovering the Bible Podcast with Pastor Holly Howard from Bridge of Hope Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sarah Thomas. I'm the Creative Arts Director and host of the podcast here at Bridge of Hope Church. Last week, we discovered more signs and symptoms of what it means to be a spiritual baby Christian. This week, we talk about them more in depth and a couple of ways of how to get out of being a spiritual baby Christian. We hope you enjoy. And so if I'm walking in love, I don't want to strive with my brothers and sisters, yeah. which leads me to the next one, okay? Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Now we're going back to chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Now this time I'm going to read from the NASB, the New American Standard right. Bible. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions mm. among you, in the church, there should not be divisions among the brethren and the sisters, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. So the first thing is that he says is that you should all agree. So a sign and a symptom, the third one we're going to point out here is disunity. Wow. Disunity in the body of Christ, disunity among believers, not resolving disputes, not resolving things that we don't agree on, that causes disunity in the body in the body. Right. And and God can't God can't work and the spirit can't move where there's division. He can't move in that. Um, not confronting offenses when someone offends us so that we can restore the peace and the relationship. That is brings disunity in the body. Um, believers who are struggling with unforgiveness and a lack of love, they're acting like baby Christians. That's yeah. how the world operates. If you're in church and you have to sit on one side, because somebody else is on the other side or when when you go into church and you come into the room and you see somebody on that side and you 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 walk over to the other side and you make sure that all your conversations are with people over here uh-huh. and you avoid somebody because you don't want to talk to them that's disunity in the body of Christ wow. that's a sign that that's an immature Christian that's a babe in Christ they have not grown and matured because a mature believer will not tolerate offenses will right. not let unforgiveness and bitterness and un, uh, and and offenses take root in their spirit in their soul they won't let that stuff stay right. in there because they understand how it robs them of the presence of God how it destroys them and they will walk in love according to how Christ walked in love and in Matthew chapter 27 um uh, it says, and that's, this is in my notes, I just, uh, this is something that, that I was reading and, and got a wonderful revelation from Tommy Bar- Barnett on out of a book that was phenomenal. Um, and it, he's, he showed that in Jesus Christ they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. And the Bible says in Matthew 27, and when he tasted it, he spit it out. Because it was bitter. Jesus yeah. Christ refused to drink bitterness. He would not wow. drink the bitter cup. He wouldn't take the gall. He wouldn't do it because he tasted it. He had plenty. Of, when you're crucified, you have plenty of opportunities to get bitter. Oh, yeah. A baby Christian will take the gall. A baby Christian will let it in and take it in. But a mature believer will say, 
I know I've been, I'm being crucified by this person. I know I'm in this situation. I know I'm going through whatever this difficulty is. I know there's, there's, there, there is, there's, you know, something coming against me. But I will not drink the cup of bitterness. I will not take the bait of Satan and take an offense. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to go straight to that person. And I'm going to say in love, I feel like there's something going on between us. Or if I did something to offend them, I'm right. going to, I'm going to make peace where there is no peace and I'm going to confront and say forgive me for what I did for what I said have I done something to offend you yeah. I'm going to keep unity between the body of Christ because love tells us to do that well yeah and it kind of goes back to what we talked about is like our culture nowadays isn't to confront someone oh no it's to hide behind social media and you know be like i can't believe this happened to me the you know the nerve of people yes and like you do this passive aggressiveness because it keeps you and it's a pride thing and i don't know if that's one of them because you know we're still not there yet but pride keeps us from growing and it and I feel like, you know, our culture, especially as Christians, if you don't separate ourselves, it's about that transforming, you know, mm-hmm. your mind and renewing your mind that you keep bringing up. If we stay the same, then we're going to keep, we're not going to grow by getting rid of pride. And that disunity is exactly where the enemy would love us to stay as, you know, new baby Christians. Yes. So that's, I think culture doesn't help us either when it comes to resolving conflict in the church. Absolutely not. It does not. Um, And, and because of that, the culture will kind of get us to keep a sense of false peace. Yes. And David even (laughs) says this. I love it. And he he talks about this. You say peace, peace when there is no peace. I think it's in the Psalms. I can't remember. Don't quote me there where that is, but I've read it. And he says, (laughs) you say, yeah, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Wow. And I know David did say this in the Psalms. uh, He said, you know, I am for peace, but you are for war. I want peace, but you want to keep fighting and striving. And, and, you know, when we cry peace, peace, and there is no peace, we, we, we go around keeping a false sense of peace, and we right. act like everything's okay. But then we get in the car with our spouse or with our boyfriend or with our girlfriend or with our, our buddies or with right. our families, and then we get in the car closed. Like, did you see what so-and-so did today? Do you hear what she said to me? Do you hear what he did? I can't believe this is typically women that do this more than men because, you know, we're <laughs> women are little, <laughs> we're more like, tend to be more like, more like that than the dudes. But, uh, and then we... So we're two-faced, and we act like everything's right. okay to their face. And a mature believer will not do that. A mature believer cannot stand having a division between them and someone else. They will. Wow. It, it, listen, I, I love this saying that I heard from a, uh, a friend of ours from Bremen, Georgia, and he, I loved it, and I've used it ever since. He says, you know what? Eating crow ain't so bad once you get past the feathers. <laughs> Sometimes we need to suck it up. We need to eat some crow, and we need Mm -hmm. to be the one to stand up and go, I was a butt. I said these things, I acted this way, and I shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Wow. You would be amazed how many relationships could be healed and restored if some people would just grow up and go and stop keeping a false sense of peace and go make peace and repent, apologize, and go after restoration. Yeah. Keep the unity in the church. It harms the kingdom of God. It stops the church from being able to be the salt and the light that it needs to be in a dark world. 
How can we be salt and light in a dark world when so many of our baby Christians are acting just like the world that the world doesn't want anything to do with the church because they're like, I don't see any difference in you and me, so why do I want your Christianity? And that's it. So many people would rather just keep continuing on their lives because they see these baby Christians, you know, not knowing they're not mature. Yeah. Because it's easier to put on a facade and to just be like, oh, hey. Yeah. And, and go home and complain about that person than deal with it and say, like, hey, there's an issue. Let's fix it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is just people just don't know. No, they don't. So. And it's helpful. It's helpful to know this. So here's another one. Um, so out of that same scripture, so he said with you all agree. And then he said that there be no divisions among you. Divisions is two visions. Okay. Die means two. So to have die, die vision means to have two visions in the church. So divisions in the church would be like uh, pretending like that you're behind the vision of the pastor and you're behind everything. And then you get in the car, you get behind his back and you complain and say, well, if it were me, I would have done it this way. Oh. That's division in the church. And that leads to rebellion. And so uh, he says divisions in the church, people that, that always... Uh, uh, come behind and say well you know and I'm not saying that let me let me let me make sure there's there's a big difference in having your own vision and what you think it needs to be where you think the church needs to go okay uh where what you think God needs to be speaking to the church when you're not the one that's the head or you're not right. the one over that ministry you're working under uh there's a big difference in that and uh that's division and um and respectfully disagreeing with um, with maybe something that's not vision related how can I give this an example okay so maybe pastor will come in he we, this happens all the time in our table we're all behind the vision we know the vision oh, of yeah. this church right and we're all behind it 100 percent we follow our pastor but sometimes he'll come in and he'll have an idea and he'll say hey I I, I think we what, what do y'all think if if we if we tried this right and, and like a new idea yeah a new idea and it's something that and then you know sarah or i may say you know like it maybe it's something we should do more videos let's what, what if we did more something like this and when we'd say well pastor what's involved in that is xyz right and the man hours that's behind that particular thing and right now we don't have enough man hours to pull that up he'll go oh yeah you know what that i haven't thought about that right he's coming out and he's seeking our opinion he's not he's wanting the he's wanting to utilize the staff around him to interject and because there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel and there's different gifts and different strengths and so he surrounds himself with different different gifts and of different people on the team and so that's not division that he wasn't coming out and asking uh, for the vision and direction of the church. He was just coming out and asking for a real opinion. And when we show him and we say, well, you know, this would take 50 hours to do that one video. And if we do that, then we can't get this done. So what's more important? You Pat? Oh, then never mind. Never mind. We're just not one day. We'll do it one day. We're not there yet. That's totally different. (laughs) Completely different than um, thinking that the worship pastor doesn't know what they're doing because they're singing a certain style song and you think it should be this style and they're doing that style and then you go and you ridicule them behind your back, behind their back right and you dog them Instead and you of talk about them and you don't support them because you don't like the style of the music or you don't like the person that you don't like the drummer in the drum cage and you don't think they should have put that person in that place right. and they're they, if it were me I would have put that person that that is division, which wow. leads to rebellion. Big difference. And that is a sign and symptom of a baby Christian. And then the next one, he says quarreling. We we talked about strife, quarreling among believers. Listen, babies, you know this, they fight to have their way. How many times have you heard a little kid go, mine? 
Give me, give me, give me. Oh, mine. yeah. Yep. Right? Very self centered. Very self centered. Babies just want what they want and they don't care about anybody else. And so when you have church splits over the color of carpet or people getting mad leaving the church over the style of a, of a song that they sang, that's a baby Christian. Wow. You know, and, and that's just a sign and a symptom of someone who hasn't grown and matured in the Lord. If, they're, if, you're, if you're splitting hairs over the, what kind of, whether it's a pew or a chair, I mean, come on, people. That's, that's a baby. Oh, yeah. That's a sign and a symptom of a baby Christian. All right, so uh, we're going to keep moving. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 in the NASB. Here's the scripture. It says, Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. Hmm. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. So we can, from this verse, we see that babies judge the motives of men's hearts. Only the Holy Spirit... Only the Holy Spirit searches and knows the intents of the heart. We're told in the Word of God. Only the Holy Spirit can determine the motives of Sarah's heart not my heart. Now, I can tell you this. This one, I feel like, is huge right now, especially because of social media. People think they have a say in what people are doing and why they're doing it. So, just you reading that, and I'm like, that's... That's big. Yeah. So if you're feeling like you've been judged harshly by a Christian, um, and if you're an unbeliever and you're listening to this podcast, man, kudos to you. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like, you know, that's why I'm still an unbeliever. Right. I, I'm so tired of this this Christian person judged me. I want you to know that if, if, if you were judged by a Christian, then they weren't, they weren't a mature believer. They hadn't no. grown in the Lord to the point that they realize that. And when you grow and mature in the word of God and you keep putting the word in you, you become more and more like Christ. And you can't become more and more like Christ if you don't put the word in you and right. learn of his character. And there's only one person that can judge and it's God. And right, he has a seat of judgment and none of us are supposed to be sitting in it. And no. when you judge someone else, you say, I'm going to kick God out of his seat of judgment, and I'm going to put myself in it. And to judge someone, just to be clear, to judge someone is to pronounce a sentence upon someone. Wow. It is to say, what you did, is, was, was this is what you did that was wrong, and you deserve this punishment, and then you execute the punishment in their life for them. That's what judging. That's what the word judging means. So now, when we're talking, we 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 flippantly use the "don't judge me" because somebody goes out and and does something that's a sin, and they are confronted in love. Yeah. And like this is wrong. You shouldn't live. Oh, don't you judge me? No, that's not judging you. That is that's that's love. That's being loving and kind to you because conviction is a good thing, so that it can restore us back into the right relationship with God. And we're right. supposed to confront one another in love and help iron sharpen iron so that we believers can grow in the Lord together and that we can get healing and deliverance. So there's a big difference between confronting someone for sin in their life in, the, in love and executing and pronouncing a judgment over someone. And I think it was key though that you said you holding a Christian believer accountable. And yes. I, I think, yes. I think you, you need, yeah, I think you need to kind of dwell on that even more because it is our culture now. There's so many hateful Christians that go ag- out against baby Christians. Yeah, 
baby Christians against people who aren't believers to the same standard as Christians. Yes. I don't, uh, we can, are to judge ourselves in the church. We are scripturally told to. It's in the New Testament that we are we are supposed to do that. I am supposed right. to go to Sarah when Sarah falls off the bandwagon and say, "Girl, what is going on with you?" Which she does. <laughs> Come on now, what's happening? You know that's not what God has called you to. You know right. that's not the thoughts of Christ. That's the devil lying to you. Let's get let's get an, let's get this under the blood. You know, and that's what we're supposed to do in the church. We have never and we are not supposed to judge an unbeliever. We are not supposed to look at an unbeliever and we are only supposed to share the gospel with unbelievers and that is to share the message of Christ the love of Christ we're to be a walking epistle for them to watch our lifestyle so that they can find out that Jesus Christ is love and so yes we are never supposed to go out and to unbelievers and judge an unbeliever only God can do that only God that, I mean that right there is <clears throat> I feel like it's groundbreaking to some people because some, I feel like some baby Christians feel like it is their mission in life to judge non-believers in the same standard as regular Christians. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you just kind of explaining that is huge. Oh, now let me, uh, I, let me give an example. I'm so huge on practicality and an example. Yes. So here is how you would pronounce a sentence on someone. Someone, let's just say, this is, this is how you judge and the biblical standard of the word Sarah makes me angry and she does something to me that I don't like and so instead of walking in love and walking in forgiveness I choose to get offended and she doesn't deserve my presence anymore so I'm not going to speak to her for two weeks I just judged Sarah I pronounced a sentence on her that because she wronged me she doesn't deserve me talking to her anymore so I withhold my relationship from her we do this all the time with spouses. We get mad and you know what I'm saying? That's judging. 